Gentlemen, the EPL boys are back in town, and we are here to serve up everything you need to know going into week five, game week five of the English Premier League. But as always, guys, my name is Matt, and I can never do this alone because I refuse to do it alone. And that's also because I have way too much fun with my guy, JD. JD, oh, week five, man, we are in it. We are in it, yeah. They, we are into the thick of the Premier League season. I am excited. I, you know, you get the first couple games done. You can't really make too many, you know, ass- assessments of of teams. But now, I mean, we really can. We can. We can really tell who's here to play and and who is going to. I mean, get relegated, Arsenal. Uh, but. <laughs> It's it's getting to that was, point where where te- teams are getting fitter. You know they're getting into the swing of of the season. Um, it, it's really interesting at the top of the table. I mean, what what is it? A four way tie for first, I think. On oh 10 yeah, points. yeah. I and, oh, and, and, yeah. and after five games, that's actually going to be important. And after the first two, you know who who cares? But five games in, man, thirty three more. I'm excited. And the best part about like getting into week five and week six is for the bigger clubs, there are no longer excuses of you're shaking off the rust of the off season. And then as well for some of the smaller clubs, you kind of gauge where you're at at this point in the season and what you're going to need to change before we start getting to the thick of the schedule where you may have to start fighting off that relegation battle. But guys, we are going to start off This episode will drop on Friday, September 17th, and that's about the exact same day and time as Newcastle will be facing Leeds. Newcastle coming off uh, the tough Cristiano Ronaldo show and Leeds coming off of a pretty, pretty brutal loss, one of many they've had this season against Liverpool. So, I mean, J.D., going into this game, I mean, Leeds have been absolutely dismantled on multiple like multiple games this year and Newcastle honestly even though they've lost a lot of games so far this season I feel like in my opinion Newcastle look the better side but I'm gonna let you go first what are you thinking who are you picking and we will see what's up look Newcastle looked the better side based off of the first four games but Leeds need a statement win and they can do it against Newcastle Newcastle looks good, but I, I Leeds on paper and with the players they have, I think they can win this game pretty easily if they just they just play the way they know that they can play, which is not controlling possession. That is not what they're good at. What they need to do is just not sit back, but it, like just let the ball come to them. Just just absorb pressure and hit on the counter because they. That is what they do. Jack Harrison and Rafinha on the wings. Patrick Bamford is that target striker in the box. That's what that's that is what they are good at, and they should not stray from that. And they need to prove to the rest of the league that hey, we're not going anywhere. We had a we had a pretty bad start to the season, but we're but we're, we can be as good as you know we are. And this is a perfect matchup to show that and just get really kickstart their season. Like I said before, it's like this is where we should really be judging teams. But at the same time, you know, that judgment can really change from here on. And I I think Leeds have the ability to get back into that, you know, 10th to 9th to 8th place finish towards the end of the season. That starts right now. And Bielsa is going to be telling those players, like, we really need to show something against this Newcastle side because... There's going to be a lot more games against Liverpool or United or City where they might not get that opportunity. So I'm going to back Leeds here just because they need to win this game. 
No, and 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 the fans are not disagreeing with you, uh, guys. Beginning of the episode, of course, I want to remind you: make sure you're following us on our Instagram. It is where we are the most active with our listeners. It's where we do all of our fan picks. So definitely, you're gonna want to get on that. All the information will be given at the end of the episode, so you're just gonna have to wait. But yes, JD, 100%. The fans are behind you, but record scratch honestly i think this is the perfect taste of chaos for leads because leads now know they're gonna have to push harder more than ever because they are desperate for a result but newcastle the they have the least amount of possession or at least they're in the bottom like three or four teams in the premier league on keeping possession. They do all of their play on the counterattack, which is where leads are at their weakest because leads send way too many bodies forward. This game, even the EPL app is labeling this as a must-watch game for Allen St. Maximum because, honestly, nothing against those leads defenders, but they are probably some of the weakest defenders that Newcastle have faced this season. And... I'll be honest with you, St. Maximum tore up both Maguire and Veron, Luke Shaw, and Aaron Wan-Bissaka, both on different opportunities, just on his pace and the ability to run into open space. That's where leads are at their weakest, is they give up a lot of open space. The other thing to flip side it is, Stevie Bruce, this guy is a, you know, he only, he's been going with the same formation almost all year. He plays that 5-4, like, he basically is playing a 5-4-1. So he is in it to sit back, absorb the pressure, hit on the counter, which is going to force Leeds to have the ball. Leeds is going to have almost 70% possession in this game. I'm calling it now. And that's when Leeds are at their weakest because, you know, their guys are good running into space. Their guys are good hitting moves on the counter, you know, being able to lob balls into Bamford and stuff like that. They're not going to have that opportunity. Newcastle are going to sit back. They're going to keep the play in front of them the entire game. Honestly, uh, you know what? I'm flirting with the idea of a draw. I really, really am. You know what? I'm changing my pick. Still talking about it. I'm going with a draw. Strictly because I think Leeds can get a goal in this game, but I don't think it'll be enough. So I'm going to just quickly erase Newcastle. I'm putting down a draw. I talked myself into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what happens. Honestly, guys, that's what happens when we record a little bit earlier and I didn't actually like take the time to like write down all of my picks so basically all of my picks tonight are gonna be on the fly um so speaking what? of fly <laughs> i never write speaking, down my picks uh, uh, well i make that's them, why jd I, is in first yeah that's I why jd is in first place <laughs> and i'm in last yeah and that's why i'm in last uh speaking of last place uh, a couple teams trying to be nowhere near that wolves will be hosting brentford um, this game, this game looks like it could be a really fun game to watch because Brentford, even though taking the tough, tough result against Brighton at the end, just losing on the final kick of the game from Trossard and Wolves getting that really, really crucial win to possibly kickstart their season. Uh, I'm going to lead with the fans and the fans are going with Wolves and I'm going to be agreeing with the fans. I think now that Wolves have started to pick up some momentum, they're kind of now getting themselves in the right place. They've brought in the players they need to bring in. Raul Jimenez is making crucial runs, just like he did before he took that head injury. And honestly, Traore, who has been very hot and cold over the past couple seasons, seems to be in a position where maybe he can step up and maybe he can run at this Brentford defense, who, nothing against Brentford. Again, they're a side that's newly promoted. They've never seen an Adamai Triore before, and I think Wolves will just be too much. But JD, to finish up this game, what are you thinking? Who do you think is going to grab all three points? Um, I, I look at this and, and think this is scary. This is a scary matchup for Wolves because I, I Brentford can win this game, and that's scary for Wolves because they cannot lose this game. I know I just said in the last matchup that Leeds really need to win. Wolves really need to win this game because if they, if they if they don't take all three points, 
there's going to be a lot of questions about some of these players. Like Adama Traore, is he the real deal? I And, and that is a question mark for me. I, I just, you cannot be 95% of one of the most electric players today and then that last 5% that you're missing is the cru- the most crucial part. I, he needs to have a big game. Raul Jimenez needs to have a big game. Th- this is a very winnable game for Wolves, but I really would not bet against Brighton getting some points out of this. Or uh, Brentford, sorry. Uh, these these BR teams, I, they're, they're, they're fucking me up. But um, I'm going to go a draw. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry, because I don't think Burnley's looking to hang around for too long. Oh, God. Please, no. Uh, no, I'm going to go a draw just because I, I think Wolves need to win this game, but the way Brentford have started, I I don't I can see them getting a point. So, yeah, draw. And but Honestly, I'm glad that we can both agree that even though this is the 7.30 a.m. game on Saturday, oh, this I'm is a game... Yeah, oh, this is a game to keep your eyes on because this game is going to have wall-to-wall action. Brentford's not afraid. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's a sleep? beautiful freaking what is that? thing. What is speaking sleep? of speaking of games that you might not want to wake up for, uh, a battle of teams at the bottom. I'm sorry. I ha- I'm going to make this joke as long as possible because eventually Arsenal will get themselves out of this hole. So I we just need to bank. I wasn't sure which game you were talking about. <laughs> oh, I am talking about Burnley hosting Arsenal. Yeah, no, there are other teams at the bottom, but honestly, this is the bottom bottom game uh Burnley hosting Arsenal um this game is a tough one to call because you know I I look at it from the point of view of Arsenal should win this game Arsenal started to look good against Norwich this is definitely a a team that once they do start clicking it's going to click very very well and in return I mean Burnley I mean depends on if they get set pieces it depends on if, you know, their guys are getting to the first of those headers. Uh, that's it. But that's Burnley's offense. And honestly, I think Arsenal now starting to get a little bit of momentum. And also, you know, shout out to Kevin from Lads. He made it very, very clear. These are must-win games for Mikel Arteta because if he doesn't pick up the pace a little bit with grabbing some of these, you know, must-win games, he might not have a job before the January transfer window. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going to go in and I'm going to think I, again, on players alone, I believe Arsenal should get all three points. But now I'll, I'll hand this off to you. I mean, you're not a fan of Arsenal, and you're definitely not a fan of Burnley. So I'm interested into hearing what you you're gonna say. I'm I'm not not a fan of Arsenal. I just find it funny that they're so shit. It, it's hilarious because they're they're such a marketable team in America. For I mean for whatever reason I I I really I think it's odd that I feel like Arsenal was the most popular. The Arsenal or Manchester United are the, are the two most popular like U.S. people like. U.S. teams, I guess. And I, I, I don't know why. I, I guess maybe because they're a London team and, and they do have the history to back it up. I, and, and, you know, the, the great players and, and, and just the trophies and things like that. I get that. It's just kind of funny to see them this bad because they shouldn't be. They they shouldn't be with, 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 well, not with the owners, but with the history behind them. They should have the backing of, say, the owners or just investors to go out and get the players that they should be getting. They are not doing that right now, and it's kind of funny to watch. I, I, I've i seen it with Liverpool. I mean, before FSG came in, it was a fucking shit show for, like, two years. And he actually, really, after FSG came in, it was a shit show for, like, two or three years. But then it kind of got rolling. And with the Cronkies, like, I don't know, they've been there for a while it hasn't gotten. It really hasn't gotten rolling. I mean, you got like a couple FA Cups, but that was, that was kind of a couple years ago. And you're just now you just have a couple young players that look good, but when you don't set up the right formation for them, it doesn't work out. And then you have Burnley. 
just the bane of my existence. I, I just cannot stand this fucking team. I just I, I just want everyone to know that sometimes JD wakes up in like heat sweats just thinking of the fact that Burnley are still in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. It, it is just the absolute opposite of what anybody wants to watch on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Just it is not entertaining for anybody. I I've said it before. The only fans of Burnley are people from Burnley, and even they don't really like what they're watching. Even like half, even half of Burnley supporters really just don't fucking care. Like it, it is just boring, and I I can't imagine what the Burnley players think when they wake up on a match day. Thinking, you know, they they go through their normal routine. They get out of bed, take a shower, you know, eat some breakfast. In their head, they're thinking, man, we're just going to sit back. Just If we get the ball, we're just going to pass around in the back. And we're just going to absorb pressure. And, you know, hopefully we get a corner or, or a free kick. Uh, and, you know, maybe Chris Wood or Ashley Barnes gets his head on it or Ben Mee. Like, that is just a piss-fucking-poor outlook. It's a, Honestly, it's old-school football. That's how football was played in the 70s, 80s. and in, in It's the, not the like, 70s or 80s. It's not the 70s or 80s. I know. I, hate it. I know that. Get it I the know. fuck out of the league. But honestly, Just get it the fuck I, out I of understand. the league. I understand that, but there's always that one person who still thinks Elvis is the greatest thing to ever happen to music, not realizing that music's been invented. Like, uh, oh, that senile old guy that you tell to shut yeah. up every time you walk walk past him on the corner of the street? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. 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 Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Don't do that. Um, so, 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 so give me a pay. So give me a pick. Who do you think is, what do you think is going to happen in this? Draw. Absolute draw. draw. Burnley is going to, is going to make a wall and Arsenal has got no fucking idea what to do. Like they're, they're going to have 85% of possession. They're going to have 20 shots, three on target, and they're not going to score. It's, it's going to be a nil nil draw. And I, Arteta, I, I don't know how you still have a job, but man, <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm going to say it every week until he gets fired. I, it's like, I don't know how you still have a job. The fans agree with you, JD. The fan pick was so close that I couldn't give it anything else but a draw. That's we because our fans are on. smart. Yeah. Yes. No, our fans are smart. Trust me. They are much smarter than I. Uh, the next game, uh, I already wrote down all of our picks because I'm assuming this is going to be easy. But Liverpool Football Club will be hosting... Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace coming off of a massive win against Tottenham, while Liverpool are also coming off of a... Actually, funny enough, both of these teams are coming off of 3 nothing wins. Uh, so, actually, and both of these teams were a man up for the majority of their game. Hey, there you go. Look at that. Similarities. Liverpool Football Club at home against Crystal Palace. JD, I, I, I'm going to have you go first, but I feel like this is going to be an easy decision for you. Yeah, Liverpool at home against Crystal Palace, who historically have been a, a thorn in the side of Liverpool. And, well, I say historically. I mean, in the last, n- not recently, but, you know, five years ago, Crystal Palace was not a team Liverpool wanted to play, either home or away. They were just, they they just had their number. And lately hasn't really been the case. I think Liverpool has won most of the more recent matchups between, uh, between the two teams. Liverpool are on a high. I mean, and they they also look losing Harvey Elliott is is kind of a loss because he had been playing very regularly in this team. He he had been really important in the link up play in the midfield and just create like making space, especially for players like Salah and Mane. Losing him's big, but also I, to take a light from that loss, the team really rallied around that. Like on social media. Uh, Almost every senior, uh, every almost every senior player of Liverpool like posted on social media like about Harvey Elliott and like how important he was to the team and like how his road to recovery is, is going to be tough, but it starts now. Like they're they're excited to get him back. Hopefully he'll be back before the end of the season. But that's a driving force in the team. Like you lost a, a new player to the senior team, but he was an important player, and you just lost him to injury. They're gonna rally around that and really I, I I Crystal Palace is a good team to to come back against. So I I don't think this will be pretty. Um I'm looking at like three or four nil, and that's no bias, just 
at home at Hanfield with the full crowd, I, it's not going to be it's not going to be fun. For Crystal Palace, definite Liverpool win. Yeah, I'm not going to be disagreeing with you at all. Um, written in the stars, uh, Liverpool are also coming off of a high, doing very well midweek in Champions League. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think this will still be within a few goals. I honestly, I could even see Crystal Palace getting one, but it, it Liverpool will win this game. You, uh, you and I agree as well as the fans, but we are going to move on to a game that I anticipate will this this one could get out of hand. Manchester City hosting Southampton. Southampton have had a very interesting up and down season so far, and honestly. Manchester City, when they turn it on, are just, uh, uh, just it's just not even fair to play against. Um, I- I'll go first. Um, yeah, I think Manchester City is going to take this pretty, pretty easily. Um, Southampton are still not a hundred percent since losing uh, Vestergaard to Leicester, and they really haven't found, they haven't found a good back pairing. And honestly, Manchester City will probably just tear it up. Uh, just to add insult to injury, um, it looks like Kevin De Bruyne is coming back and is almost 100%. So, um, yeah, uh, Southampton, it, it's. I think that th- this could get tough. This could be a tough game to start watching because Man City could absolutely walk away with this. And, the, J.D., the fans are agreeing with me. They believe Man City's going to take this. I mean, do you see any other result in this game? Southampton couldn't do it again, could they? They couldn't. I really, I really don't. I really, really don't. I really. They couldn't don't. lose nine nil again, could they? I, I know. Could you imagine? No. I, 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 their coach not going to attempt his name because that would Ralph Hassenhutl. Ralph Hassenhutl. That guy. If he, it's not if that he, I can't imagine there's many people in the history books that have lost twice in their career in league play nine to nothing. If it happens for a third time, I mean, he might just have to walk away from professional soccer. Like, he might actually just have to, like, peace out, walk down the tunnel to never be heard from again. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm Look, will you give me an extra point in the scores if, if I just say that City are going to win 9-0? Yes. Okay. I'm writing. City, I, we have We're we we are gonna do eventually in the upcoming weeks. We'll do like a points prediction. Like we'll start it hardcore. But yeah, no, I'll give it to you. If this final score ends up nine nothing, you get an additional point. All right. Yeah. Manchester City nine. Southampton nil. I'm just. This is the game that it would happen. Cause City are the <sighs> kind of team that you look away for two seconds. You look back. Holy shit! It's four nothing in, in the twenty third minute. That's that's the kind of team Manchester City are against teams like Southampton right now. I, it's Yo, not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. That's a, that's a very very good point. Manchester City is one hundred percent the team where you can only go to the bathroom before the game, at halftime, or after the game is over. Because yeah. if you think, oh, I can quickly run to the bathroom and run back, you'll no, come you're back. You're missing two goals. And, yeah, you're missing two goals. Like that's it's it sucks to be you, bro. Um. This next game, this next game is, um, it's, it's a game. I'll tell you that Norwich, uh, will be hosting Watford. Um, two of the new boys. Hey, you know, Hey, two of the new boys coming on up. Oh, well, I'm talking about, Hey, this is their first season back in the premier league. Um, you know, I'll I'll have the fan pick go first And, and the fans by just a hair, like by just, I mean, it's 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 just not tight enough where I can label it as a draw. It's the fans are coming in and thinking Watford are going to take this, and honestly, I I can't see either team taking this if that makes any sense. Like when I'm looking at this game, I I, I this game screams a two-two draw. Both teams are going to get some goals. Timo Pukki's going to get on the score sheet, but I just. Their defenses aren't good to absorb the pressure, and as well, their offenses aren't consistent enough to put the other team away. Both of these teams are also going to be desperate because this is both of their first opportunities to really get solid points 
being back up in the Premier League. So I think it's going to be a wide open game. Don't get me wrong. I think this game actually might be fun to watch. But unfortunately, it being smothered in between four other 10 o'clock games, I feel like this is going to be the one a lot of people are going to end up like forgetting about. So, I mean, JD, we're looking at two teams at the bottom of the table. I mean, what result could you see from this game? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Nobody's going to fucking watch this game. Uh, um, with the other games that are on at the same time, nobody's going to watch this game. And I look at these two teams. This is a championship matchup played in the Premier League. And I say that in the sense, these two teams, if this was in the championship, this would be a shootout. But it's not. It's in the Premier League. Both teams know that they need to get something out of this because this is one of the few times they could get something out of the, out of a game. I think both teams are going to play conservatively. I, I think it's going to be kind of a boring game to watch, which is good because I'm not going to fucking watch it. There's plenty of other games at the same time. Uh, I, I it's going to be boring. It's it, it's it's going to be very dull. I not a lot of attacking presence. I maybe one one. I, I I don't know. Draw all the way. All right. Well, hey, look at that. You and I are going up against the fans on that one. So we'll we'll see what happens. And the final game, the twelve thirty game game of the Saturday schedule is Aston Villa hosting Everton. Now, this game is pretty interesting. Aston Villa got the rough business end of a Chelsea game, and Everton got a really, really good result um, going into this contest, winning three to one in their last fixture. Uh, I'll be honest, I'll leave this one off first. Aston Villa's offense looks really fun to watch when it's clicking, but their defense, I mean, I'm going to single them out a little bit, and honestly, I'm, you know, afraid that this might be the bounce back and it'll be the commentator's curse. Tyrone Mings has looked awful this year, and honestly, like, in the last game, it really showed not having Emiliano Martinez. So for me, I just, I think Everton are the hot team to go with. Damari Gray is clicking. Richarlson looks very hungry. Dominic Calvert-Lewin should be back by then. I, I, I just, I just see what Everton have, and I see what Aston Villa has been lacking this year. I understand Aston Villa will be the home side, but I really, really think Everton are in just solid form and they are buying in with what Rafa is selling so honestly I just think Everton keep the good times rolling but I mean JD if this is this is a very important game for both of these teams because looking at the schedule this is a game that could decide if you finish on the top end of the table or the bottom end of the table so I mean for you Aston Villa is home does that make a difference yeah a little bit um, I think the fans are really back them in, in what they've accomplished over the last two years. With losing Jack Grealish, I mean, that was, I don't want to say it was in, in, inevitable because he probably could have left earlier, but I, I, they've rallied around this team. They have not started the season well. Everton have started the season pretty well. I, I think they have a chance. So I'm, I'm going to, this is the first time, I'm, I'm just going to give it to Aston Villa because they're home. They have a chance. So I'm, I'm going to back them here. And hey, that, you know, the thing about it is, and honestly, like going over some of the Champions League games and some of the other games that have happened this year, um, seeing packed home stadiums um, over the past season or so since COVID has started, uh, away teams are grabbing results on the road more than ever. And I do think it's massively because of the lack of fans just not being in the stadium, you know, pumped in noise. It's just nowhere near the same. Now that you're actually having fans back in the stadium, you're seeing games truly, truly be affected. Um, the fans are actually going to be backing me. They believe Everton are going to take this. I guess like they're just seeing the current form, just like I am. So I mean, honestly, it, who asked the fans? It'll, it'll, yeah, who you know, we only just put it on our Instagram every single <laughs> Thursday. But uh, the next game, uh, the first game. One of two 9 a.m. games on Sunday. Brighton will be hosting Leicester. Uh, uh, I'll have the fans go first, but I feel like this will be pretty easy. Uh, Leicester looked an absolutely amazing side 
last week against City. It was very unfortunate that they didn't score a goal and they didn't win the game, but Leicester looked really, really good. And they were only a few decent finishes from absolutely blowing out one of the best teams in the league. This should be easy. The fans are going with Leicester. I as well am going with Leicester. JD, I can't imagine you picking something else. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to go with Leicester. I they're the much better team, and when they can click together, like we know they can, they're much better than Brighton in every possible way. And I I just it, even away from home, I, I I think Leicester will get the job done. Brighton are not that good. They're they're not terrible. They're they're not relegation quality, but they're not on the same level as Leicester. And if Jamie Vardy can have a big day, if Yuri Tielemans can be just ping passes left and right. And I will say, Leicester did... It's good that they're playing on Sunday because they, they had some midweek action today as we're recording on, on Thursday. They played on Thursday and they didn't... They didn't. I, I don't know if Jamie Vardy played. I know Harvey Barnes played. I didn't watch the game. I was just getting updates. But uh, so they have some miles on them this week. I think I think they'll still get the job done against Brighton. I have no issues with that. So yeah, Leicester all the way. Yeah. So Jamie Vardy came on in the 88th minute. So he basically okay. He's is fresh. playing. He He's is fresh. He is he is fresh. Uh, Madison Vardy uh, Tielemans only played half the game, so Perfect. you are looking at some of their better players getting full minutes as well. Wilfred Ndidi got a red card in this game, so he is also not playing on a completely full set of you know worked Wait, legs. Ndidi got a red um, card. I mean, how did I not see that? <laughs> oh well, huh? dude, it's the magic of the Europa League, baby. The best European Championship. I was tournament in the world yeah okay. I, w- I was too busy following the champions league where you know my team won and what happened with united in the champions league speaking speaking of manchester united the young the young on. boys always get you don't they uh dude honestly <laughs> we went d- dude honestly uh, going we went down because of some young boys i'm telling you right now this is just right out of guilty sigurdsson's diary oh, but God. um oh Stop. yeah um, is it yeah, is when I didn't enjoy making that joke, but someone will find it funny. I mean, I'm sure Adam it's Johnson will find it funny if he's listening to this in prison. Ooh. Yo, if, can we Skype into prison? Is that a thing? No, like, I don't want to fucking talk to Adam Johnson. No, I just want to just ask, like, how many goals per game is he scoring? Or is he getting scored on? Get it? Because, you know, prison jokes, but okay. I'm sure he's got, like, a prison league, like the like the original Longest Yard. It's uh, the Green Machine. Uh, or, yeah, is it, wait, yeah. No, Mean Machine. Shit, what is that movie called? Oh, my God. Have you ever seen The Longest Yard? With Well, there was an original yeah, of that, but... Yeah, it's the Mean Machine. Mean Machine. The Mean Machine. I said the Green Machine. I don't know why. Me Machine, go watch that movie. If you've never seen that movie, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, here you go. Hold on. We'll take a little step to the side so we can talk about this. Which one's better, the original or the Adam Sandler version that came out like a 10 years ago? What are you talking about? Like the Burt Reynolds original or the Adam Sandler one? Yep. Adam yeah. Sandler one. Adam Sandler one. Easy. I, I don't know. I think just because it's newer doesn't make it better, but it is very good. Honestly, I, I love... Uh, I love Terry Crews and anything he does. And oh, he's him great. Playing like oh, he's, 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 he's the McDonald's man. He's the I got, McDonald's. I got the burgers. Is, <laughs> they ain't no meatloaf between these buns. Uh, dude, he's perfect. He's so perfect in that. The the, the uh, dude, honestly, Terry Crews is perfect in everything he's doing. Um, West Ham will be hosting Manchester United. So yes, as JD has rudely reminded me, because oh I just God. stopped crying. Manchester United took a loss in the uh, Champions League game where they were on the road playing against young boys and Newcastle coming off of a big win in the Europa League. Now, again, United played on Tuesday and they played the early game on Tuesday. West Ham have played the late game on Thursday. So United have 
almost 48 hours more rest on their legs and both teams still had to travel for their European competition. As well, Mikel Antonio will be out with the red card. So that ends up being a massive, massive factor. Um, I think Ali bounces back. I think the team looks hungry. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like this... Ollie's got to prove a point because there's a lot of people who now have officially started the conversation where Ollie has no reason to not have good results with this side. And I agree. I feel like the whole, you know, Ollie not getting a trophy or not, like things like that, those conversations have been happening on every single sports platform. And honestly, I think it's warranted. I think that there are no there are no excuses anymore for Ali. Ali got the players he wanted. He has the basically full lineup, and you have Cristiano Ronaldo. Basically, once Cristiano Ronaldo came in, the excuses are not allowed to happen. There's not allowed to be oh I got the formation wrong or I got the subs wrong. No, you 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 can't you can't do that. I think this will end up being a bounce back win. Playing against West Ham is always tough. David Moyes. You know, this is his revenge games. So I still think Man United take it, um, but I think it's going to be closer. I think this game could easily be within one or two goals. So, I mean, JD, everything that I've described, Mikel Antonio being out, they're on almost 48 hours less rest than Man United. Could you see West Ham pulling any form of result in this game? No, because of what you said. Antonio being out, it's... It, well, god damn it, it's awful for my fantasy team because I have Antonio and now I gotta play fucking, I don't even, I, I forget who I picked up on waivers. Not, I didn't get rid of Antonio. He's gonna be great when he comes back, but United will win this game easily. And, and you know, West Ham United have lost their most potent attacker and Manchester United, freshly off of a defeat in Europe, they're gonna be pissed. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, this man fucking scored in the in in the Champions League game. I and off, and they still of, lose. Uh, BSE young boys again. Like, yeah, Let, let's not. Let's also be very clear. If you have not seen Cristiano Ronaldo's goal in Champions League, watch the replay, and then you'll kindly understand why I think Bruno is the best attacking midfielder in world football. JD, continue. Well. First, I will say, JC, our, our good friend of the pod, JC, just texted me. Uh, he wanted to call me about something, and um, and I said I was recording. And he said, tell Matt how happy I'm going to be seeing JC on Sunday getting berated by coaches. Because I'm seeing JC on uh, Sunday because he is uh, going to be a part of a uh, professional soccer match that I'm going to um, on Sunday. So that'll be fun. That'll be the first time I'm ever meeting him. Uh, Never met him before. Matt has met him, and I'm very excited. Twice. But, yeah. Twice. <laughs> Unite- what a stand. What a stand-up guy. Yeah, great guy. Uh, I'm excited to meet him. But um, what was your question again? Shit, lost my train of thought. My qu- my question was, who do you? I uh, basically I led into the conversation of reasons why I don't think West Ham will be able to stay up, be competitive with Manchester United this weekend. And you were saying that you agreed that Man United are going oh, to take yeah. this game, and it was for reasons such. Mikel Antonio out, the lack of rest, both teams had to travel. You know, it's, this is the, t- again, I mean, I'm not here to finish your sentences, but honestly, it seems like, again, West Ham knew this would be a big, big year because they had European competition for the first time in a very, very long time, and they did not acquire the squad depth that, you know, Man United have. Man United were able to rest a good chunk of guys, and it just, you know, I, I just... I mean, that's just yeah. me, but... Go, yeah. No, no, no. United will win this game. I, I, I Yeah, I, I remember saying this 30 seconds ago. The, there's no reason that West Ham should get anything out of this. As much as I'd like them to, like, that would be a nice surprise. But that's when it'll be a surprise because I, I I fully expect Manchester United to win this game. Oh, and and that's you know like I said I mean the fans are agreeing with us. 
Um, that the the vote was not completely swung Man United's direction, but it was heavy Party enough where it was it was yeah <laughs> it was a pretty easy call to make. Yeah, I'm just gonna check all of Brian's burner accounts and we'll yeah, uh, right yeah we'll 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 fish go from fan, there. Um, fish fan yeah. forever. Uh, the final game of the week, Sunday afternoon, 11:30 kickoff. You already know Arlo White and the boys are gonna be calling it. Tottenham will be hosting Chelsea in a very, very big London derby. Uh, this game is going to be, might I say, not boring. It's going to be cagey. It's going to be very, very cagey. Tottenham have been very good sitting back and absorbing pressure. Chelsea can also sit back, but they probably will be the more aggressive side in this game. But JD, I'm going to have you start this one off first. This is a very big game for both clubs. Chelsea making the push for top four, looking to stay in that conversation for a league title. Spurs will also want to turn around, and they don't want people to think that they're just having another you know, beginning of the season fluke, and then they're just going to dip into the middle of the table. So one has to give. Yeah, I, I this is a huge game, and in in recent seasons, I I would say that this would not be a fun game to watch. Just big six matches in recent history have not been great. This season so far, they have been awesome, and I I'm very excited for this game. Uh, Tottenham, you know, good good start to the season. I mean, three three wins to start off, and then a loss to Crystal Palace is good. I would say. I I mean. Three wins and a loss. Tottenham, you should not argue with that. With your league position last season and where you are in Europe right now. Yeah, you'll take it. Chelsea are going to win this game. They have the much better squad. I, I don't... It's, it's an in quotes, an away game. I mean, they're going like five miles north to, to Tottenham Stadium. I, I don't... I can't see any way Tottenham win this game. I mean, even with Kane and, and, and Son playing, I Lukaku is just a defense burner. He he, Nobody can stop him. It, it is just so hard for defenders to just put up with the, the physicality of Lukaku. It's so rare that you get that in a striker. The physicality, because you can have the physicality. Anybody, any physical player can play that position, but you also have to have... The attacking sense, where to be, be in the right spot to receive the ball, and then you also have to put the ball in the fucking back of the net. That is, you can, it's so hard to to have that player that has both the physicality, the attack positioning, and the finishing. It, it's so rare. I mean, you kind you I, you get it with like Robert Lewandowski. You get it with Erling Holland. Honestly, he just also has a shit ton of speed. Lukaku is a world class striker. And I, I could see him getting at least at least a goal, if not two, against his Tottenham defense. And that is that is gonna make a huge difference. I I, I don't think Tottenham can can win this game. So Chelsea Speak, all the way. Speaking of fantasy teams, you talking all that sweet Lukaku talk is just music to my ears. The fans will be going with Chelsea, as will I, um, for basically all the reasons that JD has announced as well. Both of these clubs played European football this week. Chelsea got the win. I don't remember exactly what Tottenham got. I My phone does not get the European Super Conference or whatever they're in. Um, Wi-Fi, password, code, club, championship, trophy. I don't know. I'm so sorry, Tottenham fans. It's just, I can't keep up. They should have made that not on Thursday because I was watching Europa all day. Um, but yeah, I think just, rest it's not even though Chelsea's away it's not really that far of a travel game just again I'm not going to go through all the reasons once again why I think Chelsea's going to win I also just think Chelsea have been the better side so it's that if it's on that alone it's pretty cut and dry um last week I forgot to uh write down the pick totals and I figured that all out so last week JD got five I got three the fans got six, which brings our new season total to JD has 23. I have 17. I might be in trouble early. The fans have 22. 
So JD is currently right now on a one pick advantage going into this week. So JD, no pressure. Don't slip up. Uh, we have a few fan questions. So we want to just thank anyone who did reach out and give us some fan question love. We always appreciate it. We see who, you know, shoots us messages every week and we cannot thank you enough. Remember guys, if you want to get involved and you are new to listening to the EPL boys, follow us on the Instagram. That is at the EPL boys, exactly as it's, uh, you know, pronounced. Get in that Instagram, get hit us up with those fan questions. We always will take time to a- answer your questions on the pod. The first question, though, a late submission coming from uh, Mark. Mark, thank you again for being an awesome listener. His question goes, with the early hot starts with both Cristiano Ronaldo and Romelu Lukaku, one, now who do you believe is the front runner to get the golden boot and two could there be a third to enter the race so basically he's asking who's going to get that golden boot and is it someone not Romelu Lukaku or Cristiano Ronaldo JD I'm going to have you go first because honestly I'm I'm split at the moment yeah I mean that's a good prediction to make between those two players Lukaku started off very well scoring and Ronaldo obviously has as well. Look, bias aside, you cannot take Mohamed Salah out of that equation. You you just can't. He's been in the he's been in the race for five seasons in a row. He's won it what two times? I think. I you cannot take him out of that race. I he he oh, yeah. started the season very well. I'm I'm not like bias aside. He just is a goal scorer. But I'm also agreeing with Lukaku and Ronaldo being in that mix. I. I, I think we're a little early. We're a little early. Five games in for, for that prediction. Team team standings at the end of the season, I think you can start talking about it, the way teams have been playing. But personal awards, you cannot start talking about that until, honestly, Christmas. I, I don't think you can talk about that till Boxing Day. I Then you just start like, okay, where is everybody on goal scoring, assists, chances created, things like that. For individual awards... You can't have a, a real discussion about it until halfway through the season. So I, but but the idea is there, Ronaldo and Lukaku for sure, and I'm gonna throw Salah in there, throw Kane in there too. Honestly, he's always in the running. I, I don't know. Hey, fuck it. And to Mikel Antonio, honestly, if he can stay fit, who the fuck knows? He could, he could score twenty goals this season. You kind of lost me at Mikel Antonio because honestly, I JD took basically all the words out of my mouth. Um, you have to put respect on Harry Kane and Mo Salah to be in this race. They are their team's go-getters. I think maybe the biggest factor for Harry Kane is how much does his heart want to be there and is the torch slowly being passed uh, from him to Son. Um yeah, I'm. I, Mo Salah, I think, will be in the race up until the very end. And I think it will. I honestly think it will end up between Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Romelu Lukaku. And yes, there's a lot of factors. Both of the teams are in Champions League, so it depends on how long they're going to go through Champions League, how many, you know, the game load management. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo did edge out Romelu Lukaku last year in Serie A, but there was a reason behind that, and that was Romelu Lukaku was not the only guy who needed to store, score for um, Inter, but Cristiano was the only one scoring for Juventus. Now over to the Premier League, I want to flip that. On Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo is not the only go-getter, goal-getter. He will be able to distribute the ball. Mason Greenwood is on the up. Bruno is still very capable of scoring goals as we've seen over the past few weeks. Marcus Rashford is on his way back. Edison Cavani is on his way back. And I'm not sitting here saying that Man United have all these offensive weapons and Chelsea don't because Chelsea are very loaded. But you want to talk about that finishing position? Romelu Lukaku stands alone for Chelsea. So a lot of the weight is going to be on his shoulders. I said going into the season in our pre-season episode show that 
I think Romelu Lukaku will edge it out. Now, yes, that was before the Cristiano Ronaldo saga happened, but I'm still backing Romelu Lukaku. I think Romelu Lukaku just... The big worry was for what he was doing in Juventus, could he turn around... Or not Juventus, in Serie A, could he turn around and do it here in the Premier League? And he has proven it. He's proven that he knows where he needs to be. He can still bully the shit out of a center back. And honestly, he can go the full 90 minutes. I feel like since the second he's gotten here, or at least come back to Stamford Bridge, he's played almost every minute. So honestly, if he's in the best shape of his life, which it looks like he is, I think Romelu Lukaku will edge out all of his opponents. So we're going to move on. A couple more fan questions. We greatly appreciate everything. Uh, Van Stant underscore MS. Uh, I plan on picking up some Victory Golden Monkey, JD, with your wine bar experiences. Uh, what cheese pairs uh, best with that beer? Definitely some pepper jack cheese. A little spice on your Golden you know, Monkey. Yo, what? took the words right out of my mouth because i'm like i think that's an ipa i've had that beer before i think it's an ipa yeah it and is yeah, I, I know i know victory yeah. is a great brewery i i'm not oh, an ipa person like, but yeah. i do i do like victory golden monkey's not bad gonna... they make a uh, fuck what am i thinking of they make Hop, a stacy's yeah, mom oh, oh they they make a they, oh wait they make a stacy's mom that's also no, they, that's the one no, i always that's, that's that's evil genius that's evil genius oh that is evil genius that's oh, evil genius oh, that's me saying that are you kidding me that's me saying yeah that. that's true that's true even i, I mean wait. i was a to, to be fair i was a bartender for a year i i did oh, well okay 10 day bar for a year <laughs> okay now see now i don't feel bad now i don't personally feel bad but like, yeah evil genius said, great yeah. brewery great brewery great brewery great names right. of beers Stacy's mom, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Van Stant underscore MS. If you take a picture of some pepper jack cheese next to your IPA, um, we will share that over everything. And thank you so much. No, but the other the other thing I will say, I had I had some Chakutli, uh watching the games last weekend. Can you pronounce that, Matt? No, I'm not even going to attempt. Is All it right. red? That's how I that's how I order Chakutli. wine. Hi, I'd like I would like red wine or i would like white wine or i would like no wine. <laughs> your finest that's, red wine, that's, please no yeah it, it, well my, my my friend that i i go to this place in maryland with to watch games sometimes um which i i'm from pa but i travel down there a lot to watch games um we always get chocolate and watch the games but we call it you know fine assortments of meats and cheeses because it's funny to say that instead of the actual word I never know what we're getting on it. Like, I would love to. I just, he always orders it, and I never know what kind of cheese or what kind of meat it is. I just know it's going to be good as fuck. I know we get chorizo all the time. Um, that's always on the board. But everything else, it's oh, always yeah. a, a, a mix. Yeah, Matt, I would love to just give you a piece of paper that says anything that, that would be on any meat and cheese board and just have you read it off to me. That'd be, that'd be awesome. We gotta do that sometime. Yeah, I, I, I just when it comes to pronouncing things, I just stay as far as humanly, you know, <laughs> away as possible. Um, JC is gonna hit us up with the final question and statement. He has a statement, but we'll finish with a, a state, statement. But a I'll statement. go a statement. A statement. <laughs> the question though goes: If you were a coach, how would your team play? And what player would you fit? Like, what player would you fit for your side? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a swing at this first. Um, I really really need a team that's being able to push on the front foot. I need I need a team that is gonna just play not rock and roll football, but definitely be able to keep the high press. Be able to keep things, you know, be able to keep your opponent completely locked. They don't want to get comfortable. They heavy really metal are football. just the heavy the metal football. Press. I guess, I, 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 I guess, Jurgen I guess Klopp. if that's, what, yeah, I guess, well, Jurgen Klopp, Jesse Marsh, Marcel Bielsa, all these, all these guys, you know, playing that really aggressive, aggressive, you know, four checking football. If you're a hockey fan, the four check, um, I mean, honestly, in a player, that would be a difficult one because basically, uh, you know what? No, I. Why did I even think? I need N'Golo Conte. 
I need a center defensive mid who I'm not worried if my forwards who are playing the high press get caught out of position. You have N'Golo Kante. That is the grit, the best security net in in the world. Like, honestly, he's catching people out of falling buildings. Like, he is Superman in the holding midfielder position. So I, I feel like that is probably the easiest bit of player to kind of slot in because he would just... Having N'Golo Kante would ease me mentally as a coach. So... JD, if you and I were playing against each other right now, coach-wise, who what lineup are you going up with? I mean, player-wise, I'd need a player like Yuri Thielmans. A, a true box-to-box midfielder. He's good defensively, but he can also fucking shoot from outside the box and also make runs into the box to and, and, and be in the right position to, to score. I Thielmans is going to be a world class player in two years, and I I don't think he'll stay at Leicester. I think a a much bigger club is going to pay a lot of money to get him out because I think Leicester paid like forty million for him, which is a lot for Leicester. It's a great investment. Don't get me wrong. E- even at forty million, they're going to double or triple their money on that investment. Oh he, yeah, and and that's what Leicester do. Either on a large scale or a small scale, where they, they buy players for like two million and sell them for like fifty, they're gonna sell Yuri Tielemans for north of a hundred mil. If Jack Grealish is worth a hundred mil, <laughs> Tielemans in a year or two, oh my god, like that's that's the kind of player I want. Formation wise, I mean, I I am a slave to the the four three three attack, but I will say my favorite MLS team, the Philadelphia Union are just, they have, rev, I, in my opinion, at least in the MLS, they have revolutionized the diamond midfield. The diamond midfield two-striker formation. It, you have to have the players to do it. You just do. You, it, it, a 4-3-3 formation, you could do, you, that can, you can interchange players. You, you can have, basically any player can play in that formation. That's why it's so popular. The, the four- the, the four-back diamond and two strikers, that is tough to play. Play well, play well I should say. The oh, Philly yeah. Union have done oh, yeah. it very well over the last year. And a lot of other teams in the MLS have kind of adopted it. Not not based off of the Union. I'm not going to take credit for that. Like, for wait, in, um, the Union shouldn't take credit for that. But the Union have done it well. And I like that formation a lot. If you have the right two strikers, where the Union have one striker that is not very quick, but knows where he needs to be and is a very good finisher. And then you have the other striker who's very quick. Isn't the the best finisher, but he can get behind the back line and set up the other striker. And then you have, well, formerly you had Brendan Aronson, who at the, the tip of the, oh my God, he's beautiful at the tip of the diamond. I It, it, it can work, and, and I like that. Just the right coaching, the right players in those positions, that can be such a great formation to play. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the diamond midfield, but Yuri Thielmans, man, he that is the player that is the first player. If I was coaching any big club around the world, that is the first player I would try and get. Funny enough, I was gonna ask you what formation you would go with, but you read my mind. Um I'm I I I love the, you know, I for me. I always love that that you know the four two three one formation just because you're you're keeping things compact, but it still gives you the ability of really pressing your opponent and having the ability to have two holding midfielders at times is nice. But like I said, if I had N'Golo Kante, I could put anyone in that other holding midfield position, and they would look like a rock star. So I mean, God, that would be absolutely. Uh, I would love it's to the play Le- your it's, team. It's Katie. the LeBron effect. It's the LeBron James the, effect. Everyone's better. We're all getting rings, baby. You, you, We're th- all you throw LeBron. You you throw LeBron James on any shit team in the NBA. Holy shit, they're they're championship contenders because everyone else plays better. That is Angola Conte. I I very much agree Shout- with you. That is Angola Conte. He makes everyone around him better. Shout out to all those. Cavalier teams that made those finals because LeBron yep. James put the whole team on their back. Um, the final thing, again, it is not a question. It is a statement to end the episode. JC finishes up with, tell JD he would not make it a whole game as a ref. 
he'd shit his pants first throw the first throw in decision. So, uh, JD, you've officially been called out. Um, now, in my opinion, <laughs> JD, the only way that you can fight this is going through the refing system and proving him wrong. So, I, I think I that you I should gotta start do that it. immediately. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- oh, man. That's... I'm telling you right now, JC, pretty soon, it sounds like JD may or may not be coming for your job because we don't know what job you have. So, um, guys, that is the episode. Once again, we want to thank every last one of you for joining us as we do twice a week. Um, we feel like this is the you know perfect amount of EPL action. We will be back on Tuesday to recap all of the games and get ourselves prepared. Maybe we talk a little Champions League action. Who knows? If we're feeling adventurous, who knows what you might get from the EPL boys. But guys, as always, make sure you are getting on the Instagram. Remember, that is where we are doing the bulk of our social media connection. We are posting up the Buckler. episodes. We are... Yeah. Um, once we remember how to log back on Twitter, we'll be back on Twitter. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah. Being able to record twice a week, no issue. Being able to record ever, or be able to watch every single minute of Premier League action, no issue. Remember the Twitter password. Nope, not even a little bit. So, guys, as always, we greatly appreciate all your love. Um, for myself, Matt, and for JD, guys, be safe, y'all. Peace out. Peace out.